Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where the wealth within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, competent, and more importantly, profitable trader or investor. Wealth Within was voted number three for stock market podcast globally in 2018, so I hope you enjoy listening. This episode is a recording of our live YouTube weekly stock market show. Every Tuesday night, Dale and Janine stream live on YouTube from 7 to 8pm to answer your most burning questions, as well as analyse stock for our viewers. To watch the show, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Stock Market Show under the Learning Centre. As a global leader in stock market education, you can fast track your journey towards financial freedom by studying with Wealth Within. Please note that the information in this podcast should not be considered personal financial advice. Good evening and welcome to Wealth Within Live, the Australian stock market show where you get to ask the questions and we give you the answers about all things investing and trading. Now, we've all been locked up for over a month and so it's great that restrictions are now easing right across Australia and it'll be nice to be able to socialise once again. Now, we hope you've had a good week and are ready for what I know will be another fantastic stock market show tonight. Again, it has been another very interesting week on our stock market, not only just in Australia but around the world now. Tonight, as always, we will shed some light on the current market as we aim to inform and educate you on the realities of investing and trading. Tonight's topic is hard hitting and may cause you to rethink your current strategy on the market. Now, our topic for tonight is is on day trading and predicting short-term market direction. Is this a good strategy or not? As always, we'll look at what is currently happening on the Australian stock market, give you our thoughts, answer your most burning questions, look at the stocks that you're interested in, give you our expert opinion and a whole lot more. Hello, I'm Janine Cox, Senior Analyst at Wealth Within and joining me tonight is Dale Gillum, our Chief Analyst, and we're Australia's most trusted stock market educators. I just put that little bit of ad lib in there. <laughs> which, which bit was the ad lib? I think most of it was ad lib, wasn't it? How are you going? I'm good. I'm good. I'm yeah. really, really good. You Somebody... had a nice weekend. Uh, yes, I did actually. It you is. did. Yeah, I did. You weren't working. That'd be a change for you. Uh, no, I was actually working in the studio here, sort of okay. pottering around. You know, with these hands are made for talking, not working. Right. But I did have a drill in my hand and things like that. I do like to get my hands dirty occasionally. Yes. And pretend I'm Bob the Builder. Okay. Although my brother, who is somebody who builds a lot, he calls yeah. me Jerry. Oh, Jerry builds. <laughs> yeah. He lets he, he lets me take anything apart, but he won't let me put it back together again. He said, "Taking it apart, I don't care." If you wreck it because yeah. I can fix that. But if you put it together, then it's going to take me a lot longer. Mm. But, you Look, know. I'd have to say that your skin is looking really good at the moment. I know you've been on a diet. How's it going? Yes, I'm on a no-food diet at all, I think. <laughs> it's no How's good the food. celery juice in the mornings going? Oh, geez, a bit tight. My, my wife has got me, for guys, my wife has got me on a um, vegan diet. So, But I do throw a few little things in, like vegan chicken every oh, now and you again. T- that was an old joke. You told us that one. I know, but, but I've come no, up with You told me today that you stopped drinking the celery juice. I did, I did. It's you like, just said, your wife said to you, look, if it, if it doesn't taste, it tastes good after a while. And you said, well, how long's that? Because it still doesn't it? taste good. I think good. I'll be dead before it tastes good to me. But, yeah. so, but anyway. Well, I'm but, reading the book now, so. Oh, you're reading the book. 
So mm. I'll have two of you on my case to eat <laughs> vegan. That'd be nice, isn't it? <laughs> so if you have a burning question for us, on the right of your screen is a chat box. So put your questions there. And as always, keep your comments tonight constructive so that we can assist as many people as possible with genuine questions. Now, if tonight's your first time, then I may, may I say a big hi and very much welcome you to our show. We're excited to have you with us and hope you enjoy the show. Now, moving on, it is the second Tuesday of the month, and that means we take a look at the sectors and indices in the Australian All Ordinaries Index. So let's get into that discussion right now. Okay, on the screen there, you can see the the board here. We've got uh, the healthcare sector. Now, uh, I'm just going to get rid of this one here so I can see the whole screen there. You can see the healthcare sector up 2.2% for the week. Um, We've also got the S&P 200 Industrials Index, 1.4% up. The Information Tech Sector, 0.94. Communication Services, 0.88. Now, interesting consumer discretionary is in the middle of the board at the moment, but still up at 0.55, which is good. And consumer staples, they're sort of going neck and neck at the moment, but it is only the week. So it's just interesting to see, and it's early in the week. Now, utilities just in the positive there, and then we've got three sectors in the red, which is all very interesting. So energy again in the red, materials and financials, of course, in the red with the banks down. Um, Looking at, um, let's have a look over the month and see what the difference is there. And you see a bit of a shift happening there. So we've got a lot more sectors in the red if we're looking over a monthly perspective. But information technology is a standout, still up 8%. Utilities up 1.5, but comes nowhere near that infotech area. Healthcare sector is almost line ball for the month. Um, a lot of people were hanging on to the healthcare stocks, thinking that you know that they will um, be um, resilient, which they have been. Um, consumer discretionary, consumer staples are still negative. Looking at the energy materials and financials all down. Now, what I thought I'd do is quickly show you what's happening for the year. So that adds a whole different perspective on what's going on here on our market. So energy down 38%, financials 30 still, even with some of the, the moves up in, in some of those stocks. Industrials minus 21, consumer discretionary minus 19. Now look up here and we can see consumer staples minus 3.6. It's you know relatively resilient there and healthcare up 6.5. So, so far that's the, the leader for the year. So it's interesting to see and I thought we'd quickly just switch to one of the sector charts and have a look at um, and I'll see if I can find one for you and I think I'm go- I've gone the wrong way um, no you've hidden them on me what did um, I do? he's hidden the sector chart so I can't do that today but no, perhaps no, they're, I'll they're do that next they're time they're just a different colour Okay, fantastic. (laughs) Okay, so looking at um, this interesting graph that I have on the screen here, I'm going to show you this instead. It's something we don't normally talk about much on the show, but what it actually is... they paid their union fees yet for that? No. Sorry. (laughs) Um, What this is, is it's actually comparing the sectors. If you could get your magnifying glass out to see it, comparing what's happening with the sectors and the um, S&P ASX 200. So here you can see that we've got this area, which is a lagging area. So we've got energy which is this blue line coming down financials and we've got utilities coming up into the improving so we're looking for the the sectors that are actually coming up into the improving here at the moment financials did come up it's come back a bit I think it may push back up into improving again Um, but utilities has moved up there nicely so all of these other sectors are just dancing around that ASX 200 at the moment so but it's it's an interesting perspective that graph yeah, it does. It shows us what momentum or mm. what sectors have got momentum in the marketplace. So, because obviously we talk about 
money shifts. It's like sand in a sandpit, you know. It shifts from one corner to the other depending on what's going on. And we find, and that's what sector investing is all about, isn't mm. it? They say, well, one sector's going up, one's going to go be going down, and the rest are going to be going sideways. Yeah. So, and that's really what their premise is of sector investing. We just say buy what's going up, which just simplifies it even more. But mm. that just shows you all the charts that we looked at, just show you what the momentum is of all the different sectors, who's going faster and who's going slower, where the opportunities rise. Yeah, and you can see the healthcare sector leading off there yeah. to the right at the moment, but it doesn't mean it will remain that way though. Yeah, I mean, obviously we, we have a, um, a survey on our website, a 60 second survey that people take and they all say, oh, I know, I know, I know how to buy, but I don't know how to sell. But I would also add, they don't know how to buy, but more importantly, they don't even know what stocks to pick. Mm. Trying to find a watch list is one of the most difficult things people find because they don't understand how to pull a watch list of stocks together to make their life simple. But when we're teaching people, that's the best thing that we teach them to really simplify their investing and trading is yep. how just to really simplify things down and focus on what's the good so stuff. So what you're saying is you can drill down from the sectors mm. and come down to the individual stocks and do it that way. But mm. what you're saying is a lot of people, they can see all of these stocks on the market. They've got no idea about where to start, but sector this is why we show the sectors every month so that people get a good idea about what's yeah, happening. Yeah I mean to me it's like you know mm. busting open a feather pillow and throwing it in the air and each feather is a different stock people are trying yeah. to catch whatever's flying around and that's how a lot of people attack the market whereas we're very much laser focused in terms mm. of not only what we do but also what we teach our students is less is more so looking at less understanding more about those less will help yep. you me be be a better trader. Be and there's a not one investor. way to do it. No. So it doesn't mean you have to look at the sectors to pick mm. stocks. It mm. may be that you choose stocks within the top 20 or top 50 and that's where your focus mm. is. Mid cap 50, it depends on the design for your portfolio and we've talked about mm. that over recent months, how the, people need to start from the top down rather than thinking bottom up, which is typically what happens. They think stock first rather than portfolio first. Yeah, and it's got to be the other way. It's, mm. the, it's that opposite principle. And it's also when we're looking at the money flow it's what what indices are traveling and then what sectors are traveling. And we find it's the case all the time that things move. And like we talked about, remember the, 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 the spreadsheet we brought up um, a few weeks ago, I think it was a few weeks ago when we were talking about um, different stocks and what's going on in the different stocks. And we we're showing people bear markets and, mm. and how long a stock or how long the, the markets or stocks have a bearish run. So it's like two years is a maximum of a bearish run on a stock or, or mm. one year on another stock or three years on another stock. It's the same sort of thing. It's like yeah. if the market's down this year, it's like I was chatting with Jim Beach um, back in uh, December, I think, and I said the US market's not going to have a market like it had the year before. Mm. Because um, it's never had that many years, to, this many years in a row where it's been bullish. It's got to have a bearish market. Yep. Whilst I didn't expect what happened, mm. it was still statistical probability. Mm. But anyway, let's keep moving on because I think we've got. Anyway, some, it's time to get finished. into our. Oh, that's, thank you. Okay, you're a sorry. gentleman tonight. Mm. Oh, gee, that's, I was a gentleman last week. Mm. That's what you said anyway. Okay, now it's time to get into your emails. And yet again, we've got far more than what we can handle and also have a lot of questions. So if it keeps talking like this tonight, we may not get through them all. So therefore, we're going to try to be very selective and answer the questions where you give us more detail on the stock and tell us why you want us to discuss it. So include this information and this increases your chances. So I've seen some of you put, I've read your book or I've ordered the book. 
good thinking. Our first question is from Cody. G'day guys, love the show. Have read your books, Dale, and I'm putting into practice what you're teaching me. Your thoughts on Downer EDI? question mark uh, was trending nicely from mid 2019 prior to current pullback maybe i'm wrong but i see some historic resistance at eight dollars it's a stock i've got on my watch list and it's coming close to triggering a buy signal for me so look that's interesting that he's saying it's a buy also i'm wondering how much attention you guys pay to strong positive trends on stocks prior to the pullback uh, what's he got there that I like we've seen recently thanks for the great show regards Cody so Cody this is a really interesting mm. stock that you've picked because it's actually one that's so high in volatility yes so it is. for short-term trading it can be great but look you can really get stung by this particular stock in the medium term I'm going to just show you the big picture so you'll see what I mean by, by that with um, down EDI so obviously at the start of the monthly chart there and we always start for people who are new we start in the big picture time frame always looking at the monthly chart because that basically gives you a bird's eye view of where a stock's trading and we're going to talk a little bit about that tonight when we get into the subject but looking at um, the, the highs here you can see this stock had terrific runs up to the highs but the lows were just absolute tragic in terms of the um, velocity of the declines on this stock so you've got to understand the nature of the beast is what I'm saying so people who are holding this stock thinking oh they've held it all this way up and it's what a reprieve you know to actually have seen a comeback in down at EDI maybe some people were holding it back here in December 09 finally it came back to the same price and then only to plummet again and take out all the prior lows I mean well, you could have bought this 18 years ago and still be yeah. sitting at the same price mm. and that's again you know, and I don't know how often I see somebody ask me about a stock and saying, should I buy this? Mm. And when they're looking at a chart, they're sending a chart of the last year. Yeah. And you're going, well, that's not enough. Mm -hmm. You know, that's not really enough. It doesn't show you the picture. And then when you start talking to them about it and show them this sort of chart where it goes back, you know, 20 plus years and you go, mm. well, 20 years ago, you could have bought it at the same price. Now, hey, why would you buy and hold that? Because a lot of people use buy and hold. Well, I'm holding it for three years, five years, so it's going to cover all mistakes for me buying right now. Well, it's not necessarily the well, case. it depends on your timing because, you on know, your if timing. you get it at the low, then yeah, you may be, but how do you get out then mm. if you've got no rules? Mm. What do you do? Well, if you bought it in 2016, you would have been excited for a while until recently. Yeah, you would have been back to where you started. Yeah. Yeah, look, I mean, I'm looking at the stock now on the weekly mm. chart and I can see there, like with most stocks, there's been no unfolding mm. on the downside as they've declined. And we can see that there's been a bit of a rise off this low here. So it made its low in on the 27th of March, a week ending the 27th of March during that week, and then started to track back up. So, look, I would say that there's a potential entry there short term. Uh, but look, at the moment, it's really struggling to get past that um, that. $4.410 mark um, it's just trading there so look I would say with the US market down overnight that we're probably we've seen quite a few stocks come back being neutral or slightly positive today it was a real really mm. mixed market and then looking at this one it's no different so but there's a potential for this stock to rise above five five dollars in the short term yep um, looking at the risk, of course, you've always got to consider the downside. I would say, um, in thinking about what Cody's saying, you look, you know, I mean, you're not wrong. There is an entry there physically. It just depends on what your risk is, how you're going to manage it, and you've got to know that before you get into the trade how you want to do it. So, and if, you're, if your intention's long term, mm -mm, yeah, don't do it. not right at the moment because that right could go moment. down again potentially. Yeah. Mm. Um, our next question is from Josh. Hi, Josh. How you doing, buddy? Thanks for sending in a question. Um, he says, hi, Dale and Janine. Hope you're both well. Yes, we are. I'm super fantastic. I'm not sure about you, Janine. Didn't you I'm just sneeze before? I thought I heard you do that. No, no, I itchy nose. Yeah, I was getting a bit worried. I thought I might have to put a mask on you. 
Jeez, oh, you and your mask. <laughs> Josh says, I recently bought and read Accelerate Your Wealth. Uh, thanks, mate. Mm. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it and I'm currently reading it a second time. I'm completely new to the stock market, but I'm enjoying the learning process and trying to apply my newfound knowledge. Um, the stock I'd like to ask about is James Hardy Industries. I'm looking to potentially buy based on a weekly chart, Trendline Trigger. Now, he's actually supplied me a chart. Fantastic. I think that was a really, really good I'm thing. I'm excited that he he's read your book and he's, he's actually put, putting it into mm. practice or aiming to put it into practice anyway. Yeah, absolutely. And um, so we're going to bring up his chart in a second. But if the stock finishes up again this week, from what I can see, it's been rejected around $22 to $23 in the Past. So I'm hoping to see it pass through this before I buy, helping me to potentially trade on confirmation, not speculation. Trade the trends. He's he's really picked it up well, hasn't he, from the book? Um, he goes on to say, hopefully my first attempt at an analysis isn't too far off. Would love your thoughts. Cheers, Josh. So mm. our team are going to bring up the chart. And so you can have a look at that. So you can bring it up. Have you got it up on the screen? Yet? Yeah, um, I've got one up there. That's James Hardy sitting there. Yep, so you got that. Yep. So this is the this is actually the chart, Janine, that he actually showed me. So I've okay. actually printed it all up. But he's done a great job, I think. And I think what he's done is he's actually taken what's in the book and the, mm-hmm. and the essence of what's in the book and put it there. So I don't have a problem with what he's done at the moment based on what he's read. Well, so. based on what he's read, but there is actually no... Um that he doesn't have three peaks, and that's the that's what the issue is that we've got to look at. So he's tried to put it on there, but this mm. is what what you're saying you don't have a problem with is that his attempt is fine. Mm. Correct. He's, he's tried to do it in the right way, and using the book as a reference. However, the book is not um, you know the book is to inform you and open your mind to what you can do. It's not actually a teaching tool per se. And the challenge is for a lot of people when they're trying to apply trend lines. It took me a long time. To learn, and I had to initially when you know Dale and I were first working together, he'd mm. say, "Oh, look, if it looks like a dog and it smells like a dog, then it probably it's is a dog. dog." And I said, "Well, they're not rules. You can't teach people based on that rule. We need some." You know, and being an engineering background, you know, I wanted to pin him down and say, well, "Look, what are the, what are the rules going to be then?" And so that's what we went through. So now we're looking at um, what a lot of people do, and some people think that you can have, um, you know two highs on a, on a decline and you and it makes a, a trend line. But that's what but most people do, though. There's not even a trend there confirmed. Oh, look, you know, over the last 20-odd mm. years, 25 years or something, I've been teaching traders that the amount of people that says, I know how to draw a trend line yeah. is, astounds me. But every time I ask, and bar none, I've said, how do you draw a trend line? And none of them have got rules. Yeah. It's always like, oh, just draw a line across the tops of the bars. That's not a trend line. Well, um, you, you're right in that he's he's had a really good go at applying it. He's had a really good go at it. Right? And the fact mm. that he sent it in is great. Mm. And I think that's really cute that he's done that because we might actually cute. decide to then it's give not, him a few more clues. It's not cute, is it, mate? It's not um, cute. But, you know, I would go, your book, the book actually gives them a bit more detail, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, it's, it's about understanding what, what they are and uh, what, what we constitute as a trend and a trend line. But yeah. just drawing a line across the tops of things is not a trend. I mean, um, look, you, um, your wife and the team have gone to an, the nth degree to express the rules mm. in the current form of the diploma such mm. that they're there. And, you, and the, the idea is when you're applying the trend lines to have those rules beside you, you know, mm. and when you're doing it, because when you're learning, you, you think that stocks unfold in different ways. And I can mm-hmm. remember looking at charts and thinking, okay, is that a trend line there? Um, yeah. And then finding the rules and okay, one rule's met, two rule, three rule, etc. Yeah, But, but if you, you need if, to go through as that As an process. engineer, if you were going to draw a straight line on something, what do you need? Well, to me, it was a natural thing to do because mm. I'd always drawn, um, you know, line of best fit and things like that. Mm. So to me, it was a natural thing 
thing to see when you're drawing a trend line that you do it in a similar way. Yeah, but you've mm. got to have rules around it, not just drawing it. That's so right. Right now, I don't agree with your trend line. And as Janine said, that's the first thing she said. I, I love the attempt. I really do. I think it was amazing you'd put an attempt in. And second thing is you open yourself up for criticism, if that makes sense. And not that's that we brave. Want, and that's even mm. that's, that's brave, but it's also awesome. And we'd love to see that because obviously you need to. You want to make money in the design. And you've taken stuff on the book. That's fantastic. Right now, the stock does look a lot better. So how about we talk about the stock for two seconds? Yeah, that's a good idea. Uh, and giving the answer on that so, one. So looking at it, it is coming up and there looks like a short-term opportunity in mm, there. But, but not a trend line but, one. But, no, not a trend line one. And it's a, it's a, this, if you did the trading mentor course, you'd have some rules that would help you with this one. But mm. looking at this, um, it's a high-risk yep. stock, James Hardy. There's no doubt about it. And it's highly linked to what's happening in the US market mm. when you look at the charts. So there's a significant level of resistance mm. here for it to get through at about okay. that $23. That's what I'd be concerned about. Thanks, in mate. Term. Good question. All right. Next, we have an email from Zane. Hi, Dale and Janine. As more and more businesses start to reopen, more and more jobs will become available. With so many people out of work at, at the moment, I believe companies will seek, like uh, Seek, will see an influx of people using their site. I've been looking at them for a while, and now I think... Um, and now, and I think now might be a good time to pull the trigger. Love to hear your thoughts, Zane. And Zane, thank you very much for that email. Um, interesting, he said, pull the trigger. Yeah, he did. I mean, you know, oh, it's, maybe, I don't know. I'm not even going to cast aspersions on that one. I'll just throw that one out to the keeper. It's gone back to the net. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. But Seek, oh, look, a lot of people have been using Seek anyway during the whole COVID-19 Seek. Yeah. I don't think Seek actually had a downturn. They might have had a downturn a little bit in new jobs being in earnings, placed. In you mean, or in terms uh, of listings? Well, no, the, the people, people losing jobs go to Seek straight away to find a yeah. job. So from that point of view, but to, if you're unemployed, it doesn't cost you money. Mm -hmm. It's the advertisers, it's the businesses putting the ads up. So, yes, they probably did have a bit of reduction in people putting ads out there, and there probably will be a bounce on that. But Seek's a little bit bigger than that, I think, too. But let's have a look at the mm. chart anyway and see what the okay. chart actually says, because that'll actually tell us what's going on and what the big end of town are thinking. Look, I'm hearing for some, from some people there are jobs out there. Yeah, there are. I mean, we're looking for people. We're looking for four now. Mm. All right. So looking at Seek, we can see there that really nice-looking mm. chart all the way up. Now, this is an interesting stock because when I looked at this in the past, mm. I had thought that the overall pattern had finished at this high here in mm. October 2018 because mm -hmm. we study patterns in the diploma, but we also study these patterns in the advanced course that we run as well. And, and it actually... Um, defied that. So this is what was interesting about Seek. It actually went to a new high, but then what's happened is, is astounding, this correction that it's had um, after. So that makes me think that there still could be some weakness down the track, even though short term we could see the stock move back up towards that $20 mark. But look, I'd be, I wouldn't, I'd be a bit cautious about holding something like this, even though the potential is there from a fundamental mm. perspective for them to continue with earnings. Just the chart is not clear right now on it. Yeah, but it is term. looking good. It's looking a lot better than what mm. it was. Definitely is. But yeah. a lot of stocks are looking a lot better than what it was. Mm. And the market's not pushing ahead. Yeah, so would I That's... pick this stock from my point of view? No, I wouldn't. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right. But that's just That's just opinion. my opinion. Mm. Yeah. All right, now, next one. Okay, we, I think we better get into the chat, actually, and have a look at the stocks we've got on our list there. So you wanted to do SCG first, didn't you? Uh, yeah, what we did was we went instead of, because we had people posting really, really early, so we've actually gone to the last one at... Um, as we got in here, and um, we had one from CJ uh, who wanted S is it SOG SCG SCG yeah SCG S Centre Group. It's one of the big um, retail 
um, sorry, real estate um, type stocks. So we're looking here at a, at a stock that's fallen. Now let's just have a get a bit of a gauge on what's happening. Now I've got no tools saved up there, so I'm going to have to go up. What are you doing? There's tools up there. What Where have you got them? Oh, you've got them up there. You it's just very can't hard see for me them. to see. We've got a different laptop, guys. The lights, last week um, our, our laptop died and... No. The IT guy said it hadn't died. It worked perfectly for him, so go figure. So what are you looking for? I'm looking for the PRP tool. Can you see it's, that there? Yeah, so if you go, yeah, there you it's go. It's fun when you have, have your boss telling you what to there. do. All right. Would you like me to drive it for you? I'll give you a yeah, license. Gonna... I've got a Wheaties packet over here to give you a license to drive the software that okay. you've been using I for 20 see. years. That's embarrassing. All right, it's a new computer too. Looking at this, 42.7% down. Um, what's the colour shade of red, red. that it's be saying right now? Purple. Okay, so we're looking at 43% down currently from where it actually fell. So when you compare this sector and some of the stocks in this sector to other stocks on the market, you'll see that it actually was hit harder. And I can remember what happened in the GFC with some of the real estate stocks, yeah. how much they fell compared to just the broader market. It was really quite huge. So I would say that in times where everybody's concerned about financial systems and whether people are able to um, fund loans and whether they're going to be more loans um, and also re it's it's also commercial property people, mm. people are concerned about retail that shopping centers yeah I mean that's when the really the proverbial I can't say that that word because then I'll have to put money in the swear jar too um, hits the fan and so this is I just wouldn't be even interested in this stock for a long time I'd say even if it did go up in the short term no I wouldn't be interested in either just mm. I don't see them going that far I really don't. So next one is from the, I've got to say their name, it's not, it's NEC. Okay. The Everett Kids. Hi, oh, darling, Janine. Uh, could awesome. you have a look at NEC tonight? I've just bought it $1.38. Was looking for analysis. So look at that. He's just bought in the last week or two. Okay. Um, now, what's fascinating about this share is it actually traded to a new low. Now, be, now I'm not, I'm going to go easy on them because they're kids. How do you know they're kids? They just might be using that as a, as a, a decoy. Well, look, so you I'm take gonna be it nice easy on anyway. Okay. okay, so we've actually seen NEC take out this October 2016 low, which means whenever a stock takes out and makes a new low, it can always go lower. That's mm. just a general thing that we say. It doesn't mean that it will because it's actually unfolded in a mm. really nice pattern on the way down, which you'll learn if you do our course. Uh, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Um, I'm not very subtle at times, I know. And looking, Nudging and winking at Yeah, Yeah. Looking at the, uh, the way that the stock's unfolded on the rise, I can see why they might have purchased it because it has moved mm. up incredibly well. It mm. looks like a you know, short-term opportunity. But you can see there the last couple of weeks, the closes have stayed roughly around the same. So it is struggling a little bit to get on. It may even come back in the short term before it starts to move up. And I'm just going to have a quick look at what we can see Just there. have an exit strategy, I think, is probably the easiest thing. Yeah, look, I think that's the thing, isn't it? Because in mm. the short term, it could come down to $1.20. Mm. On the upside, we could see it head to about $1.70 in the short term. So it's just about managing the risk and making sure you've got a, a stop loss in place. It's really important. Okay, so let's fit one more stock in before we go to our main topic. This one okay, is NCK. NCK for Tom. Tom's saying, hello, Dale and Janine, can you please have a look at NCK, please? I've currently invested in it and would love your input. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Tom. Well, great. Look, um, uh, Nick Scarley, it's a furniture. So we're talking about the retail space, aren't we? Mm. And look, retail has been, you know, hit hard. We can just it's have a look. quite well, though, hasn't it? I mean, it obviously look, I fell guess... from over $8 to under 3 
So. Yeah, well, let's just see how far we're talking about. So it's nearly 70% mm. decline and it's recovered Come about on. half. So that, mm. that is a good sign. Maybe it means that there's a lot more people... Actually, my other chart's not there, so I'll go weekly on this one. Um, it means that a lot more people may have come out. And look, there was a nice little entry there, potential for it to go to about 640, 660 mm-hmm. in the short term. But, you know, you'd want to be setting a stop loss for something like this because mm-hmm. look how volatile it can be, even in a normal market. Mm-hmm. So that's Nick Scarly there. Interesting. Mm. All right. Now it's time we get into the topic for tonight's show, which is day trading and predicting short-term market direction. Good strategy or not? Now, last week, ASIC released a report titled Retail Investor Trading During COVID-19 Volatility. And I must say, whilst the findings of the report were really not that surprising to me, they are a very clear window into why the majority struggle for consistency in the stock market. Now, you can download the report for free or the ASIC report for free from the ASIC website. Just go to asic.gov.au um, and I strongly suggest you do so. We you know, we will get into some of the details of the report and give you our opinion shortly on the report. But the main thrust of the report is that there has been a spike in the number of beginners attempting to day trade. And that's why we thought we'd bring it up for you today. Yeah, that was a good idea on your part. And I think um, mm. the thing is, you know, if we're some summarising the report, I guess for a lot of people they don't want to go looking at it, it's easier for them to just get it from us. But if yeah, if you want to read more detail, and some people do, it's interesting. So we understand the perceived attraction that day trading short term for cash flow has with people. After all, most traders dream of making a living from the stock market, but exactly what are they experiencing as they attempt to day trade? Now, as Dale and I have said many times before, trading short term can be inherently risky for those who lack a proper education, which is why individuals who are new to trading start and fail very quickly. And this is especially so in highly leveraged markets such as with CFDs and with Forex as well. So in fact, according to ASIC's report, a significant number of retail investors were getting it wrong during the COVID-19 correction in March. So let's have a look at, at a summary of some of the things highlighted in the report, shall we? Yeah, I'll just bring that up. So we're just going to bring up the, um, the um, PowerPoint report. Okay. Brand new computer. And let's just get rid. Oh, what did I just do then? Yeah, it's beautiful. (laughs) I accept. I accept. Close. Okay. So let's just bring that up and have a good look at the report. So basically what the report's showing us is, as I said, it's called. So they can't see it. Hey, what do we do? All right. So look, look, I'll just go down to this. Basically, Can, Can you see it now, guys? Can you see it? Basically what it says, it's, it's, it's titled Retail Investor Trading During COVID-19 Volatility. Okay, now what I wanted to do is show you the, the period that it covered. So this is an All Ordinaries Index chart and this is a daily chart that you can see on your screen here. So the report covered the period from the 24th of February to the 3rd of April, so roughly about four to five weeks. Now they picked the day after or pretty much the, the first Monday after the peak. So that's the 24th of February. Um, and obviously it ended up on the Friday, the 3rd of April. And you can see here, that was the big meltdown. So the market, if you remember back only a few short weeks ago, the, the panic that was happening, the bad news that was happening, the media reports that were happening, you know, nobody knew what was going on uh, about what was happening here. But the market was melting down. It went down over 38% or something at one stage down to the 23rd of March. And you can see here, there are all the dates it fell. So there's 29 trading days between that bar at the 24th of February and the 3rd of April. Um, And the market fell just under 28% between the close of that day, the 24th of April, and the close on the 3rd of April. So you can see the volatile period that this report covers. Now, 
The important points on the report was that average daily turnover by re retail brokers increased from 1.6 billion to 3.3 billion, so doubled in that period of time. Trading of new and dormant accounts, now new account openings were 3.4 times higher than they normally are, or against a reference period. Now dormant accounts um, not, that were not traded for six months recommenced to become 21.63% of all active accounts. What wow. that's saying is there's people jump, jumping in and opening new accounts was 3.4 times higher than normal. Yeah. And those who hadn't m touched their account for six months or more, accounted for 21% of the activity in that month. Mm. So they reinactivated re their accounts and started buying and selling and doing that in that period of time. Mm -hmm. In the worst time that I've ever seen, like as I said, Janine and I don't, like markets don't crash at the top, but yeah. the, the amount of um, um, volatility and mm. unpredictability of the market at the time was massive. And this is what people were doing. Mm. Um, Important points keep going on. So retail investors are trading more re frequently. So the average time between trades declined substantially from an average of 4.5 days to one day. So they're buying in and getting out of it again. Now daily turnover in exchange traded products such as exchange traded funds increased by 159%. Mm. So people were doing more. And there's a lot more exchange traded products than just ETFs too. Um, just to move on a little bit further, there's a couple more things. Um, changes in order characteristics. As soon as I read this, Janine, it scared the absolute bejeebas out of me mm -hmm. because it was an increase in retail trading or retail traders or investors using good till cancelled order types um, and that approximately doubled okay. than what it normally is. Now, for those of you who don't understand what a good till um, cancelled order type means, if you place an order to buy a stock, let's say at a dollar, you buy it at a dollar, um, or you decide to want to buy it at a dollar, but it's trading at, let's say, a dollar and two. Mm. And you think, I'll just put it underneath, and if it gets to a dollar, I'll buy it. If that goes up to a dollar twenty over the next couple of weeks, you're not getting taken up because you're saying that order's there till it's cancelled. But if that stock then starts falling away two weeks later and then goes through a dollar, as soon as it hits a dollar, you get taken up and you buy that stock. And you may not even be watching the market at mm. the time. And then a so month later, you check your broking account and you've bought it, and the stock's at 70 cents. But you go, why did I buy it? Mm. And and trust me, people do that. But and in the moment, at the time when oh. they got filled, they would have been happy. They would have been because happy because they they missed they they didn't have to buy it at that dollar twenty. Mm. They were able to get it at the cheaper yeah. price. Yeah. Never ever 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 mm. ever so called cheaper. Do that. Never do that. Always. I always when my placing my trades, it's always good for the day. Always, and then reset it the next day, and then reset it the next day if you're still looking to trade the stock. But never do good till cancel because you will get caught at one stage. Because things happen, you place it on, and it's the default that the brokers have, most of the brokers have. But you might be in a hurry and you place your trade, you forget about it. Um, it's good till cancel, so you haven't checked it. And then you go and you forget about it and think, oh, well, I didn't do what I expected. I'm not in the trade. Mm. But you will get caught one day. And, and believe me, people do get caught, and it costs them a lot of money. So that stressed me out when I saw that. The next one I wanted to show you, or the last slide, I wanted to show you here um, is the last couple of things is poor market timing. This is another thing with ASIC was saying is retail investors were not proficient at predicting market movements over the focus period. Now, trading in one geared exchange product, now there's statistics all around that. I just don't want to cover them because uh, we take up too long. Um, but trading in one geared exchange tra trading product or traded product increased 16 times. Gearing means you increase your a possibility of making profits, but also the benefits of making losses. So, and that increased 16 times. So people were leveraging 
um, and that's scary in that kind of market as well. There were large spikes in the trading of CFDs and in one week losses were 234, net $234 million in CFD trading. So all of that's really, really scary to me in terms of showing what we, or Janine and I actually talk about in terms of what people do on the market. Why wasn't it um, uh, surprising to me? I mean, I'm sure they're not surprising to you, those statistics. Cause no, we... because, it, well, look, I, firstly, I was a little surprised at how big the numbers were. Mm. I wasn't surprised that it increased, but I was surprised at the size of the, the reaction from the masses. Mm. Um, but I was thinking, this is just pure greed. Mm. Mm. Well, it's, yeah, it is. And, and, and also, also, is it chasing losses that they've made? Well, that's part of it. It's, it's, it's um, when I, on my interview with Jim Beach on Monday, uh, which went out today, actually, he said, well, what does, why do people think that if they lose their job, they could automatically start making money by being a day trader? Mm. And, and I thought, well, that's a pretty good point. Is how do you what, expect... Does someone just wake up and say, oh, I'll just trade the market? Yeah, but the market's more safer in the last couple of weeks than what it was during those four or five weeks. Yeah. So we're talking about one of the worst market conditions I've ever seen and you've ever seen, and mm -hmm. we've gone back on our markets 100 plus years. Yeah. So we've never seen a more dangerous market. The professionals, we were out of it. We weren't playing. Mm -hmm. But people new to the market, inexperienced in the market, were trading it. Mm. So let's move on, and we'll go and have a look. We're going to have a talk a bit about a few other things. Um, so what we what we're saying to you at the moment is is the market, whilst it's looking a little bit better, it's still quite dangerous. So we want to answer a couple of questions for you tonight, and, and one really is how do you ensure you're trading with the odds in your favour? Because it's really clear from the ASIC report that people weren't doing that. Mm. Really, really clear, and that's something we always say well, to people. Well, day trading for a start, you're not mm. trading with the odds in your favour. Mm. I mean, how, how predictable is the market in those sort of conditions from one day to the next? Well, it's not. It's not. No, and it's mm. about... it's it's. The heightened emotions is the heightened volatility and the market is running on more news rather than solid fundamentals and facts. Mm -hmm. And so you're getting a lot of erratic behaviour, you're getting false triggers, you're getting a whole range of stuff when the market does those sorts of things. So that's one of the questions we ask. So how do people mm -hmm. ensure that they're trading with the odds in their favour? So what do they need to do? Well, first of all, they need to have rules and they need to understand market direction for mm -hmm. a start. So if the market's falling, you're not going to bet against it, are you? No. And, and I think that there have been a lot of traders recently who have started trading after the low. So they've started looking for some short-term opportunities to get in after the low and, and make some money. Hmm. And some of them I've spoken to have used our rules in the Trading Mentor course and have been using trying to use the trend lines, but the trend lines obviously can't apply to, I think, don't think there are any stocks at the moment that you can apply trend lines to, not hmm. in the biggest space anyway. But, you know, that seems to be working for people at the moment. But the problem is that those short-term rules that they're putting into play right now will only work for a certain time because hmm. the market conditions change. So short-term rules are actually far more changeable in terms of their effectiveness than it is for the medium term hmm. over hmm. time. So, you know, I've spoken to people who have actually had a 50 to 60% win rate on their really short-term strategy. But, you know, for someone who's just started now, maybe they started after the recent low and they're thinking that they're you know, indestructible because they've made some money. But what are they going to do down the track, you know, two, three months down the track? It's a yeah, question. and that's the thing. It's, 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 I mean, ignorance is expensive. So, mm. and as the ASI report says, a lot of people are losing money. And there's a lot more into that ASI report than we've even brought up. Well, it, it, won't, it won't actually come out, right? Because mm. people will be sitting on some trades. And that's what mm. they're saying at the moment, that people will be sitting on those trades, those short-term trades, 
if they didn't make their money intraday, then they're just hanging on to it. Yeah, but what the ASI mm. report was saying was they were getting it wrong. They'd buy in and then they'd sell, sell out. But if they'd had a, if they, yeah, and they'd sell out because they were making a loss. But if they'd hang on one more day, they would have made a profit. Yeah, they were getting mm. it everything back to front, and that's what the ASI report was talking about. But doesn't but that just come down three to weeks the ago, fact that they're ignoring direction completely? They, they are, mm. and that's the thing is, and what alarms me even more so is those are the statistics when the market was really bearish. What are they like in the last three weeks? Mm. So I can probably say there's a lot more people trying to get into that. The other question we wanted to, to quickly handle is what are the challenges in predicting the market short term? Yeah, the challenges for some for, for us are there. Like we to predict mm. the market in the short term, it's much harder for us to do that mm. than to predict it in the medium term. Longer term is a mm. different um, scenario again. So for someone who has no idea, how are they going to know what, how to pick? They're just going to put their finger up in the wind and think, okay, looks like the US market went up last night. I'll go and, in, and buy into the market today because the US market went up. Yeah. yeah. When it's not the right yeah. way to think at all. No, it's not the right way to think. It really is. It's about you need to understand direction and strength of the marketplace first. And, and there are people out there that are posting on the, the YouTube and saying, hey, I'm up 20% the last four weeks. I'm up you know, 30% in the last five weeks, blah, blah, blah. What is, but what are you saying? we've seen this all before because it happened in the GFC. So mm. back in the GFC, we saw all of these people trading CFDs, trading short term and even trading, picking some of the big stocks and trying to pick them when they'd fall. But then the market would go up for a while. They wouldn't sell out and then eventually the market fell away. Now, I'm not saying that in this case, the market's going to do that because there, there are three things that could happen in the, over the coming months. The market could just track sideways and go up slightly. And that's at the moment the current probability, but the market could eventually turn and come back down again. So what, do you, so what are you saying to these people? So what I'm saying is just this has happened every single market correction. So, you know, you could be reading this ASIC report and think to yourself, holy moly, that's me. I was in there. I'm in those numbers. And think to yourself, do I want to be part of the masses? And we often talk about what the masses do or do you want to do something different? Um, you've got to think outside the box. So if you keep thinking the current way that you're thinking, even if you've made some money in the short term, eventually the market's going to teach you a lesson mm. about it. That's all I'm saying, really. Yeah. Cool. Well, mm. let's move on anyway. Um, now it's time to get in some more emails. But before we do, remember to hit the subscribe button now. Janine and I aren't going to open our mouths till you hit that subscribe button now because we know half of you watching this um, show and this video have not subscribed. Why not? Please do it right now. Hit now, the button. this would be a first if he could stay silent for that amount of time. So nobody's hit. The, nobody's going to hit the button now. We're watching it. Unless it goes up 50, I'm not talking anymore. That's what <laughs> okay. I should say there. Also, give us a big thumbs up too if you like the channel and uh, like the show. But um, this video, so we got to know. So we don't have a video this week. Why not? We should have it. If you want to give guys. us a question. I thought you wanted to see yourselves. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we will do. We always will give preference to video one. So whether it's on your um, webcam or whether it's on your phone, stick it in front of your face and ask us the question. We'll put you on every single week. So that's, uh, I guess that proves that these videos are legit. You know, we're not recording them ourselves and putting a mask on. Oh, no, that don't want. No, fine. Um, but then the quick yeah. question. <laughs> Can I ask the next question, please? Can I do that? Yes. Okay, thank you. Hi, it's one from Craig. He says, hi, Dale and Janine. Firstly, great show and always uh, great content. I've dabbled in the stock market for the past two to three years and certainly learnt my lessons along the way, starting out with speculative penny stocks and paying the price, knowing the reason they are called penny stocks, um, then stumbled across your YouTube content, which got me even more interested in the market. Now, since in the past 12 months, I've read both of Dale's books and have since done the trading well done. mentor course. Oh, fantastic, mate. Um, and have learned a great deal from this entry level content 
um, in those streams. Now, certainly looking at the craziness of the market currently, seeing the market rally, even though we haven't seen the true impact of COVID on the economy and the loss of revenue to businesses in the current quarter. Um, how true is the saying the market is factoring everything in and these rises are due to the future forecasts of these business and revenue revenues into 2021? Lastly, if you can share your thoughts on Cochlear um, after their initial raising, we know the sales and revenues will be massively down this quarter and financial year, but now with um, operations getting the green light, the expectations would be for sales to pick up where they left off. Mm, you'd have big to be question. positive about that one, wouldn't, wouldn't you? About yeah, it's a good question, but it's nice. Cochlear I mean, he's, he was obviously, he's got caught in penny dreadful, so he was some mm. of the people that would have been on that ASIC report. Right, okay. Now, now he's learnt his lessons don't to do that, so that's the sort of stuff. But let's go and have a look at Cochlear, because right, obviously, you know, they're opening up the operating theatres again for, you know, those... Um, but the chart's operations. not reflecting that at the moment. No, so it's not. he's talking about how much does the market or the stocks factor, how are they factoring mm. in all of this? And because the financials haven't come out yet to tell us what's going to happen in the next quarter, mm. true, but companies are actually saying that they don't, they're actually putting, talking about forward forecasts and they can't truly predict what the impact is going to be. So, you know, we've seen that come out from Cochlear in, in media announcements recently. Well, we saw that in the US and my US report last week, I was talking with Jim about a lot of the companies in the US, whilst they reported their first quarter earnings for calendar year, because they're calendar year, not financial year, so, mm -hmm. okay, they're not giving any forecasts. Yeah. And analysts in the US are mixed feelings about well, what's smart, happening. because they'll get caned if they're they wrong. Will. Because there's no certainty, so they yeah. don't know what they're doing. So, so Cochlear, looking at Cochlear at the moment, I'm still doubtful. Look, there's just been a capital raising, but hmm. look, it's held up pretty well through this whole process, which is a good thing for Cochlear. But if I saw this stock trade back below this low here in April, I'd be saying, look, it's more likely to head it's back down again. Good. So, but nice question. Mm. Thank you. And thanks for reading my book, Craig. Uh, the next question. Next question is from Josh. G'day, Josh. Um, he says, G'day, Dale. I've just ordered your book online. I'm currently wondering how you think STO Santos is tracking. I like um, a lot how you talk and I'm looking forward to your book. He likes how you talk. Well, I think so you better not you go have. quiet. Um, no Knowing me, I'll probably end up um, on your course in the next 12 months. You just stopped yourself then, didn't you? Mm -hmm. Thanks in advance. Warm regards, Joshua. <laughs> I'm scared of that, that swear jar. I really am. <laughs> okay, so Santos. So bring up Santos, okay. All right, now looking at the, um, the monthly chart. Of the pink box yeah. <laughs> looking at Santos, you can see there, I think I've talked about Santos not that long ago. Hmm. Now, the challenge with the pattern that's unfolded on this stock is that you don't know whether this is the low here. Another stock you not know, to buy and hold. And that's the, it's definitely a trading stock, as Dale was saying. Short-term trading, it may be okay, mm. um, but it is volatile and mm. a high-risk basket. So we could see that Santos trade up into this 560 to $6 mark in the short term, but any move on the downside would have to be viewed with caution because if it does start to pull back and, and trade back below this April low, then we could see it come back to test the low in March 2020, which wouldn't be great given the way that this unfolded. But on the upside, it could be that the overall pattern concluded mm. in this low here and we could be seeing the start of a new rung. So look, at the moment, um, it's just a risky Yeah, risky and with stock. oil maybe finding a bottom, this may yeah, do a little drive bit it better. Higher. Might drive a little mm. bit higher, but thank you very much. The next question or the next email we've got is from Kim. Hi, Kim. Glad to have you on our show. Kim says, hi, Dale and Janine. Thanks for your show. I love it. 
and we love your question. Um, I've ordered your book and waiting for it to arrive and looking forward to reading it. Um, can you let me know your thoughts on Sydney Airport, Bravura and MNF, please? So we're going to do Sydney Airport. We're only going to do one stock because we already don't have enough time. Now, Kim, to I tried everybody. to get two in there for you, but he went back through the workbook because he knows what I'm like afterwards. <laughs> okay. uh, she sneaks them all through. Okay, so, so look, Sydney go. Airport there... Um, Look, interesting uh, company indeed, and I think in the short term there could be some upside there. A bit of resistance hanging around that $6.20 mark, but once we start to see Sydney push higher, we could see it trade up to about you know seven, somewhere between seven and seven dollars sixty in the short term. There's some heavy resistance at around the seven sixty, seven eighty mark for um, Sydney, so I'd be a bit concerned about that, and also about um, debt levels and what's happening with the company. I'd just keep an eye on what's going on there with them. Um, look, in the short term, they may come back down to this low here in April 2020. So I'll just be watching for any move on the downside, mm -hmm. which it's showing at the moment. So look, for this stock, I wouldn't, this is not my a company that I'm really excited about and, and looking at it in the short term. Um, I think that there's some risk on the downside. So I think anything to do with airlines move. and airports are going to struggle for a little while, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, just in, in the short to medium term. Yep. Mm, no, that's okay. Now, I think yeah. we better get into Did some chat questions, shall we? So we can knock a few of those off I got a question tonight. from Ashman who says, Hi guys, I'm currently reading Share Investing for Dummies. I think that's the James Dunn book. Is it? I'm okay. pretty sure. Do you remember James? Oh, look, it's been a long yeah, time. James used to write for the Fin Review and a Melbourne guy. Yeah, a yeah. lovely bloke. Um, good book. For, for beginners um, from that point of view. He said, I'll read your book after that. Looking at share prices rise 10 to 15% in just one day is urging me to buy blue chip shares now. What's your thoughts? Okay. Um, that uh, wouldn't be a reason for me to buy. Sounds like a FOMO to me. <laughs> okay. Do you want to expand on that for new people? Oh, fear of missing out. So okay. you're not missing out. So it's about education first and then buying and the market's going to be here the whole time. So you could be, what happens most, there's an old saying that the, the, the professionals buy at the bottom and the amateurs buy at the top um, and the amateurs sell at the bottom and the investors sell at the top or the smart people smell at the top, uh, sell at the top. So you may be trying to buy in some of these stocks as they're about to fall over. Now I'm not saying they are, but right now we're not super bullish on the market. We're not super bearish, but it's not pushing through. But it's about having rules. Worry, but it's so as, as some stocks are starting to set mm. up and present rules, as long as they're big liquid stocks, I would actually be looking at those rather than mm. looking at the other end of the market and seeing if we can, you know, generate some gains there because that's where the money's going to be because most of the market will, even though that, that there's some speculation out there on the smaller end and they've been talking about that, when the market gets going, that's where a lot of the money's going to head to. So yeah. To me, the best thing up. you can do, Ash, is to finish... James's good question, book. though, and it I is like a good the fact question. that he's thinking about the top end. Yeah, mm. but he should re finish reading James's book, then read mine, and then okay. get into the market from there. There's always plenty of time to make money, and don't need to rush into it. But anyway, let's advice. get on to the next one. It's okay. a question. It's a stock called PAR from Matt. Yep. Um, and he says, hey, Dale and Janine, loving the content Wealth Within provides and can't wait to learn more. And I just purchased, purchased your book. Fantastic. That being said, I'm wondering about your thoughts on PAR, an entry point. We're not going to give you an entry point. That's not what we do, but we'll have a talk about what we think of the stock. Now, Paradigm Biopharmaceuticals, you see that was a big mouthful, that it one. It is. Um, very volatile stock, clearly looking at the chart. Now, just to give you an indication of what I mean by volatility, let's take the bar at the high, a 36% move in one month there. But even before the COVID-19 happened, there was an 80% 
increase in one month. So this is what attracts people to these mm. sort of stocks. But have a look. I mean, if you bought the stock back here and you thought you were an absolute legend because it had gone up, um, you know, over 100 percent, let's say. You're taking it easy it's on traded, him, aren't you? It's traded. No, I'm not. I'm not talking mm. about him. I'm just saying just traders. I don't know when he's bought it. Mm. But I'm just saying, um, you know, if, if the stock had come back to around the same levels, he would have made nothing. Well, he hasn't yeah. bought it. He's looking at it for yeah, an entry well, point. Well, right now, that's to me, it's gone. Um, mm. If there was an entry there, which, you know, I'm just saying that the way that it's moved up, it's already given the entry point. Yeah, I think, yeah. And the current week's bar looks a little bit bearish, so you'd want it to keep it going. But right now, I don't, I'm don't. i not really that excited about it. Um, looking at Macquarie, I know we've talked about it. Interesting, you know, last week we talked about... We've talked about Macquarie and CBA are two preferred banks, yeah. although no, we're not super bullish on financials. And the first questions we get are, can you tell me, can you give us a, can you tell me what your thoughts are on Macquarie and CBA? Yeah, well, look, Macquarie I like, so if so we just bring CBA. up a, yeah, I'll, I'll look at both, yeah. So this is from Matt, um, who says, hi Dale, can you tell me your thoughts on Macquarie Bank? Thanks, just bought your book halfway through it. Yeah, so I just want to show for a point of comparison. Mm. If we're looking at Commonwealth Bank right now, um, I wouldn't be wanting to... There's no there's no push behind it. So if the big money's not pushing it higher, why would you buy it? That's, that's really the way you've got to start thinking. Because the old way of thinking is to try mm. to buy things when they're low, yes, but um, people are thinking, oh, it's cheap now because it was trading at uh, over $80 not long ago. So they're thinking, I can get Commonwealth Bank now and I can buy them at 50-something and put them in the bottom drawer. Oh. But you've got no direction yet. So it's always about trading with the direction. Are you going to get on a train something? going the opposite way the way you want to go? No. I'm talking about Commonwealth Bank. So are you oh, saying I'm, just, I'm on the wrong train? Well, I'm just saying, if a stock's going down, that's mm -hmm. the wrong way, it's, isn't it? So why yeah. would you get on that? That's you right. You should be getting on something that's going the right way for you. Well, that's essentially what I'm saying, but you've just said it in a more succinct way. I just used a metaphor. <laughs> Sometimes I use metaphors. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> okay. And looking at Macquarie here, we're, we're seeing a much more bullish move in Macquarie. I mean, mm. if there are a lot more takeovers and, and mergers and acquisitions, then, then Macquarie, Macquarie generally be benefits. So it can often be more volatile when, when mm. the markets move in both directions. So that's what we're looking at there. So in the short term, it may just track sideways for a little while. But looking at the upside, there's potential um, 130 to 135 on yep. the stock. Um, and it's just a wait and see thing. But like with any stock, you've always got to have some sort of a stop loss on it in case it goes the other way. Okay, let's go and look at Bubs. It's from William. He was at 523 posting a question. Um, hi, Dale and Janine. Could I please get your thoughts on Bub? I entered into the position last week after it had broken a $1 resistance on rising volume. Thanks. Yeah, I, look, so. I guess the challenge with Bubs is it just took off from the bottom, right? And, and it made it harder for people to get into it at a good price because mm. of the way that it moved. But one of the positives is it's actually trading above a dollar. Mm. And that makes it um, appear on the radar of more... Um, more institutions, I guess. So, just it, be careful. Yeah, just be careful. Um, that's what you're saying because you could get played. Well, it's gone up one, two, three, yeah. four, five, six, seven, eight, nine weeks now yep. without any major pullback. Yeah, and looking at it, it's quite mm. hot. There's a lot of resistance overhead around this 120, mm. 130 mark. Mm. So, it could come back in the short term, trade within the range of last week. I'd want to see it settle down before I was looking to um, purchase a stock like this and thinking too that it mm. is high risk. It's really got to suit person's strategy and their, their, their um, 
ability to accept risk. So, so um, it's not one for the faint-hearted. Nah, I think mm. you need to put, a, put an exit strategy on it too or a stop loss or definitely a stop loss on it, but have an exit strategy of what you're prepared in a downside move it does go down. So as long as you do that, then you're going to protect your capital from there. Okay. Um, we have a question from Mark and Mark says, Hi, Dale and Janine, my question for you tonight. When considering buying stocks in a company, are the ASX company announcements something you take into consideration? Um, we always look at what's happening in the media. So, for example, we're looking at what's, what are the companies announcing? So what are, what's their recent announcement? What are their financials doing? And um, what's happening in the media? So what is the p opinion out there? But we don't actually allow that to sway our decision because it's just news. But we need to be informed as to what's happening with the, the company because what, what could that turn into? And we like to have a discussion around the, the investment team, generally chat about that and what it could mean. Uh, when we're purchasing stocks for clients, but it's not the overarching weight in terms of our decision making because that's based on the technicals, which you see on the chart, and that is all about looking at where the money's going. Mm. Mm. All right, so that's really in, in a nutshell. All right, I've got a question. Another one for you. Mm -hmm. This is from Suraj. He says, Do I'm I have to type in a stock? No. Okay. You just, you just wait. Just hang on Come a on, second. I like the ones where just, I'm typing in stocks. I know, you just look. Uh, Suraj, 14 years old. Okay, so wow. that, should, that should get you excited. Yeah. I'm currently self-taught with the help of my dad and I'm interested in purchasing your book, Accelerate Your Wealth. How can I get my hands on the book? Uh, just go to our website uh, and yeah, you so, can order. So the How to Make the Managed Funds is still free, but you get, there's just postage. Pay shipping. Yep, so just pay shipping yeah, on that and get so that. So that you can get that one as a good place to start. And mm. then if you decide that you want to continue reading more, which you know you'll get if you hooked in, believe me, and you really want to read more and then you'll go on to accelerate your wealth and read that one too. You know so. what I'm excited about? What's that? He's going to be teaching his dad soon. <laughs> I'd say. He will. Had, He'll be teaching his dad. We've actually had um, people who have done year 12 and they've done elective subjects to do our diploma. And by doing the elective subjects, they're actually, um, I think one of the, the examples was it was a young lady and her dad was trading and he mm. made quite a few mistakes and she was actually telling him how it should be done. Which yeah, just she paid for her course in one trade with her dad yeah. by telling him not to exit. Yeah. And he made them enough money on that one trade not exiting that she told him to that paid for the whole course. Yeah, so he was awesome? he was really, really happy. So that's the thing. But good on It'd you. It'd be mate. good to get more young people who are going through oh, absolutely. School, 14 years deciding old. That's to fantastic. do that as an elective. Yeah. Mm, really mm. exciting. But thank you. Thank you for posting your question. So very much thing. Um, we've got another one from Raj um, who says, Hi Dale and Janine, I finished your book on the weekend. I've learnt a lot. I'm looking forward to applying this to my trading. Can you please look at ALU? which hey, are on my watch list. He's also at Macquarie and we've covered that already. Look, Altium's been one that we've talked about on the show a few times. I know there's times. a few people asking about that one too. Yeah, and it's actually held up really well. So it stayed up around that $34, $36 mark. In the short term, I would say that, you know, it may actually go a little bit higher. There's a fair bit of resistance there at around that $38 um, dollar mark there, but it's actually tried to come back up. And this week, uh, it's lost a bit of momentum. There is a bit of a, a gap down here on the daily chart. Could see it come back between 31, 32. And in the short term, it may move up and fill this gap here. So look, um, I would say at the moment, it's still moving and it's closed mm. up today. So, so far it looks okay. Yeah, I mean, if you're, if you're in a trade with it, there, okay, and there was it? an entry there, so if you're in a trade with it, then you'd still be holding it at the mm. moment and have your trailing stop loss or initial stop loss in place. Okay. We're going to look at stock that I like to look at it quite every now and really? again. Really? What's that one? Jumbo Interactive. So, gin. 
J-I-N. Um, yeah. Um, Greg's asking, hi, Dale and Janine. Recently purchased gin around $12. How do you see the trend of this stock? Well, you can talk about it then. Um, it looks good at the moment. It, it's one of those, it's a very, very volatile stock and, um, and you really do have to be onto it with your stop losses and making sure you're protecting capital because as you can see, Massive, massive move all the way up through here, but it's come right back, obviously, in um, this whole move back into that March low. So really just be careful with it at the moment. But it is looking quite nice. Just keep a tight stop loss on it. I think it's probably got some more upside potential right now. Um, but it's a nice little stock to trade. Um, again, not a buy and hold stock. It's not one of those I would do, but well done for bringing that one up. I do like it. Mm -hmm. um, okay. But let's get on to another one. Um, what's this? Alex Merrin, I have invested in both Woodside and Oil Search, and both are doing well. If the economy improves, we can see some nice gains. I'm sure we can talk a bit about which one do you want to do? Uh, let's choose uh, Woodside because it's a okay. nice big stock. Okay, so Alex, um, good that you've come onto the show tonight. Good to see you there. Uh, looking at Woodside, which is WPL is the code, we can see that there was actually a little entry there um, for Woodside in the short term. Still, again, you'd want to have a tight stop loss on Woodside with the volatility that we're seeing in this space. But look, so far, it's holding up nicely. As long as it stays above that $19 mark, then it will be fine and could rise to somewhere between around $23 to $26 in the short term. So um, in the short, it, look, some of these oil stocks are actually, or the mining stocks are going sideways at the moment. So it could continue to do that um, temporarily. But you know, I don't mind Woodside for short term. Big picture, though, it's still a bit higher risk because we can see that the overall trend, the long term trend is down. So that really, it's this is the earliest potential time to be able to get into a stock. So you could say it's um, mm. it's probably a bit higher risk than other stocks being in the mining space and also being in that long term decline. Mm. Mm. I agree. And I think with oil, still a bit, the jury's still a little bit out with oil, isn't it, really? Yeah, um, so look, it's just, it's just waiting to see whether that starts to make the next move. Mm. Mm. Interesting question I've got now for you. I surfed the web and found the best question, so I've been told this is my last question. Why is this my last question? Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, hi, Dale and Janine. It's from Matthew. He says, hi, Dale and Janine. When interpreting trading volumes of shares, does a high trade volume reflect a volatile stock or a popular stock that is worth looking at further? Mm. Do you want to answer that or do you want me to? Oh, I can answer that. Okay. Um, high volume doesn't necessarily, it's, it's high volume on its own doesn't tell us much. It's what's the share price as well. Because sometimes if you've, got a, if you've got a one cent share, not a lot of money makes, makes it a lot of volume, if you know what I mean. But if it's a hundred dollar share, a lot of volume makes that a whole lot different. So it's about combining the volume and the price to determine whether it's volatile and whether it's something people are taking interest in. So you can't, volume alone doesn't tell you too much at all. And I think of the most overused tools in the marketplace by people wanting to trade is volume. Mm. Um, I don't know about what your thoughts are on that. Look, you and I both you know... You keep smiling at me, so you must have something good look, to say. I'm sitting there trying to point him to look at this camera. <laughs> I'm not the director, so I shouldn't be doing it. It's not yeah, my role. in my ear, so I don't it's need my two control, people. controlling um, side coming up. It's a up. camera GPS. <laughs> uh, answer the question. Oh, OK. Are we answering the question? I thought you were doing really no, well. But your turn. Keep answering the question. No, I think you should finish. The camera's me. on you now. No, really? No, but I'm just saying volume is something that, at the least thing, I mean, mm. I find people watch the market and they look at volume and when something's moving in price, let's say it moves 10% and volume increases, they jump in and buy it. Right. And I just think that's a really poor strategy. It really is a poor strategy. Just working on a percentage, just really? work, Yeah, just and increasing volumes. And so it's a really, really, really basic strategy. And volume really is. Um, it's a, a good short-term um, supporting 
um, indicator, I guess you'd say, that the money's pushing the stock up. So if you've got proper rules and the rules trigger and the volume's actually um, supporting that decision, then that's great because you've got the weight of evidence behind mm. you. But if you're just looking for percentages with volume rising volumes all over the place often for stocks so so the the real challenge for people who have no idea about how to treat the volume is that what sort of volume signal have we got to look for is it something that's you know is it a really one day move one week move Mm. i mean the thing is, is people read about it in books and they see it on these crappy YouTube videos of these experts in baseball caps and stuff like that you know these guys that are real people you should be listening to um on you know uh, the University of Google. Just, please um, settle. <laughs> well, you know what I mean, but <laughs> volume, mean? volume is next to useless to a trader. Look, we know that, but that, and that's short-term stuff, mm. isn't it? Like mm. you're saying, it's, it's, I'm it's not, saying not the right way about, to go out about... about this gentleman, like I'm just saying, is, yeah. but it's overused and it is next to useless as a trader. You know, it, and especially I guess on it's a daily one of the chart. easiest things to see, though, isn't it? Correct. So that's why they use but it. But it's misleading. Mm. And it's and same with the depth of the market, too. A lot of people use that. They look at they go and look at the depth of the market, and that's like watching a fictional movie all the time. And people go, oh, this mm. has got so many shares to buy, and this is so many to sell, and there's so many buyers and so many sellers. And you may look at that and just laugh. It just goes all over the place just, during the day. We just laugh yeah. as professional traders. But great question. Thank you mm. for asking the question. I really think it's a... A brilliant question, actually, and sadly, it is our last question for tonight. So I am really, really sorry. Hope, hopefully, you guys have found flix.net, um, f-l-i-x-x.net. As I said, there's um, different um, videos we're putting out there, and we're putting up more as we're going on. But um, it is the end of the show. Yep. So if you'd like to have a topic um, that, for us to discuss it on the show, then send your ideas in, and we'll have a look at your requests uh, for our upcoming shows. Mm. Remember to put in your video. Send in your videos. We want to see your face so that we can, um, you know, not laugh. We would never do that. Yeah, he'd laugh. Oh, look, I'm really interested to see what people look like. It's really nice because it's mm. when there are, you know, we, we see the names on the chat forum, the mm. same people come in, but we can't see your faces and you can see ours. So that would be fantastic mm. if you could. Mm. So, if, uh, yeah, so if you have a topic for us, then please put it through. But if you'd like to see the sh- can show continue to grow, remember to share it on your social media with your friends and colleagues. I know some of you are doing that, so thanks very much for that. Um, also, remember to make sure that you put the show in your calendars. We'll be back here live on YouTube every Tuesday, 7 to 8 p.m. And as always, we're happy to receive your questions, so send them to info at wealthwithin.com.au and just type Wealth Within Live in the subject line. Well, that does bring us to the end of the show, and again, we hope everyone enjoyed it as much as we have bringing it to you. And as always, thanks for uh, joining us, and we hope to see you again next week. Hit the subscribe button now. Goodbye, good luck, and good trading. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Wealth Within, a global leader in stock market education. For more information on our courses or to listen to more Talking Wealth podcasts, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Talking Wealth podcast under the Learning Centre.